are listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying on with us on Real Presence Live. But before we go to our next interview, did you know that there's a Real Presence Radio app? There you can listen live, find a podcast from one of the daily shows, and more. Find it on Real Presence Radio app. And Brad, this app, I use it all the time. I'll actually go home and listen to the shows this morning, and I'll go, okay, i got to get better at that. <laughs> I, I just It's really an awesome app, and yeah. it's just so wonderful how quickly they upload it, and you can uh, get the whole interviews, um, yeah. not just from what we do this morning, but from the past months, weeks, even, I think, You've years. Got all of history in your pocket. Yeah, there you go. There and all go. present, yes. And, and it is really wonderful. So the Real Presence Radio app is so easy to download. You can go to your Google Play, just search for RPR, pops up, and it's easy to load. Piece of cake. Yeah, yeah. Well, what a wonderful first half hour we yeah, had. Yeah, It's been great. I, you know, I get to see uh, Brady, of course, in the office all the time, but Zoe and Thomas have been in the office pretty regularly as well, and they're just fantastic young people. It's exciting to see the work that they're doing there, and I, I know uh, Brady has a real uh, insight on um, trying to reach out to the, to the young church and uh, to provide those opportunities for them to encounter Jesus. And it's just, it's cool to see the, the kind of creative genius that's going on there. And it's just so vital. I mean, it's like we're in this new apostolic age, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and every problem is an opportunity. But to have our young people, you know, filled with the tools they mm-hmm. need to navigate it and help bring others to Christ is just, it's really, really important. So for our listeners out there, Brady said 20 to 25 spots open. Yeah, uh, You know, it would be really, really important for you to encourage your young person to get there. Yep, I know my daughter's planning on going, so. Oh, there you go. Well, mine are too old now, but <laughs> and my grandchildren are too young, but but it is so important. So, so important. Well, speaking about young people and drawing uh, people to Christ, we also have young priests this time of year, and we've got one of them right now, Father Robert Church. Church I almost called you Church. I did start to. <laughs> anyway, uh, good morning to you, Father. Thanks for being with us this morning. Good morning. Happy to be here. Awesome. Well, um, you know, so you were just ordained here real recently, right? Yeah, exactly. I was, I was ordained June 4th up at the cathedral here in Fargo. And wow. As they say, the oils are still wet, huh? Yes, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> and they smell so good. Yeah, they do. They do indeed. <laughs> I, I love that with uh, the oils. You know, it's just so exciting because for me, even though I'm hosting this interview with Brad this morning, you're going to be one of our new priests. I, I go to St. Anne and Joachim uh, down in South Fargo. And so I'm just really excited to hear more about you. Uh, wonderful. Well, so I grew up uh, in a small farm near Winemere, North Dakota. Mm-hmm. I have uh, four other siblings. My parents still farm down there. and Great. It was a great time to be at school down in that small town community. And afterwards, I eventually went to North Dakota State University, where I got a degree in computer science. And I worked for a while at the university afterwards. But then there eventually became sort of a longing in my life that I thought wasn't really being fulfilled by, you know, just working and doing what I was doing. So you needed more I, than just national championships in football? <laughs> needed more than just <laughs> national championships. Exactly right. So it was at that time where I started to sort of look at... Uh, discerning the priesthood. So, I mean, for a lot of that, most of the growth was just, you know, becoming a better, you know, disciple, becoming a better child of God through mm. prayer and discernment and just being time at 
like the Newman Center for yeah. daily mass and those types of activities. So it took me a while to sort of figure out what I wanted to do with my life. But mm-hmm. once I started to dive more into the Catholic faith, the Lord just kept reeling me in and saying, let's, you know, Robert, go to seminary, go mm. to seminary. That, that's that's so awesome. You know, we, um, for our listeners, the St. Paul Newman Center in Fargo, North Dakota is just like incredible. Uh, great leadership over there, great people. And when I think about all the um, vocations that have, you know, come out of St. Paul's Newman mm-hmm. Center, it, it's very, very exciting. It's yeah, been for sure. such a fruitful ministry. Yeah, vocations of all sorts. Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, lots of focus missionaries, lots of priests, religious, uh, good, solid married couples. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a hotbed of holiness. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, Father, I'm curious, um, there, there can be a distinction made, right? And there should be a distinction made between just dr- drawing closer to the Lord and also being drawn toward the priesthood. So, right. were there certainly certain kind of distinctively priestly aspects of the draw? Or was it just like, I see the seminary as a way of kind of informing me on where the Lord is, is leading me? Or what was that like for you? Did you feel something specific? There's a little bit of both yeah. in there, I would say. I think for the most part, when I entered seminary, I don't think I had, like, the final destination of the priesthood, sure. like, clarity in that whatsoever. There was just sort of the, just that encouragement to sort of just go deeper in my faith. And okay. the next step for that, for me, you know, was the seminary. Yep. So there was a lot of growth in there and that. Is that pretty common from what you know of other guys that have been to the seminary? Like, I suppose it can be all I, over the place. I would say every man is unique in yeah, their own sure. way. And at the seminary, you hear stories of men who, you know, at the age of six or seven, knew that they wanted to be a priest and have just mm-hmm. followed that throughout, you know, their whole life. And others like me who sort of came to it at a later age. Sure. I mean, there's there's good in both, and there's I mean, the Lord's working on all those different paths. Oh, absolutely. And and it's no different in any vocation, you know. Yeah, right. It's uh there can be like questions and extra discerning and then of course hopefully prayer is part of all mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that helps to bring clarity in those situations. But sometimes it's just like you just you just go all in yeah. and, and and then say, Okay, I trust in you and and Jesus really handles it from right. there. Right. Yeah. So what was seminary life like for you? Tell us a little bit about that. It was a good experience all in all. There's a lot of joys and there's some sufferings in there too. I mean there was I think just the community life was a great joy because you're simply in a school in a facility with, you know, sixty, eighty, one hundred other men who are all sure. looking to do the Lord's will. Which is just a great joy, and a, a lot of different varieties of characters in that. Yeah, but just to be with them and to grow in my own faith, to grow in my knowledge of the Lord through the academics, and to grow, you know, through daily holy hours and daily mass, and mm. just all those opportunities for prayer and growth were really good experiences for me. Yeah, well, I, I you know, as a layperson, um, you, d- you often don't get those sorts of opportunities right. of having a daily holy hour and necessarily being able to go to daily mass. So it's, it is kind of a privileged place right. for that. Um, Kind of focusing and zeroing in on where is the Lord leading me right now, right? Right, exactly right. Yeah, it's it's a very fortunate opportunity to be, like you, like you said, to have those opportunities for, you know, continuing education in the faith mm-hmm. or the, the holy hours and just, just to sort of focus on that relationship with the Lord and that have that be the primary work of my day mm-hmm. was just working closer with the Lord. So what were some of the ways that the Lord drew you during seminary? Like, what were some of the blessings and some of the, the graces that came out of seminary? 
I'd say just a lot of the experiences, just being able to work with the people. So, for example, when I was at the St. Paul Seminary in St. Paul, I would be involved with the parish there for my four years there. And there was just a lot of joy in meeting the people of that parish, having opportunities to sort of see, you know, the priest mentor there, just lead a priestly life and to see him just disciple his people and to lead his people as a shepherd. Just to see those opportunities and start start to slowly emulate them. I still have a lot to learn, sure, certainly sure. In, in priestly life. But just to sort of take that first step and see... You know, other priests in action and to see their joy and their love for the priesthood and the people of God. Was, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no. And when you were just talking about that, Father Furch, it's like, to me, as a layperson, when I see really incredible holy priests, it's like their humility and their humbleness and their, the, the, just recognizing where, who they're representing. I mean, that to me is just like, wow. That's when I I just feel um, such a gratitude to the priesthood. I mean, obviously all the time, but I just love the beauty that they exude when you talked about the priests that you witnessed that had so much joy. It's like that's when they're truly living that humble representation of our Lord, and uh, that's really beautiful to me. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of my question, too. Is, uh, and at the beginning, you... Um you were you were drawn to seminary because you wanted to draw closer to the Lord, and there was openness to mm-hmm. what, where He might lead you. When did it start to become, and how did it start to become more clear that okay, it actually is the priesthood that He's calling me to here? I would say it was. I mean, before the diaconate ordination, we take a, a, a week long retreat, and for me, in that sort of experience, I almost felt the most free to either priestly life or married life. I mean, the Lord just sort of laid everything before me and said. Robert, what what do you want to do? And for me to just look at that priestly life and say, you know, there is good here. This is what the Lord desires for me. Mm-hmm. And just to step into that almost in such a freedom. Yeah. Because in so many ways before that, there might be, you know, fears or anxieties or any of those types of things in the midst of it. But just to have that complete freedom and just that invitation of the Lord, you know, what do you want to do, Robert? Sure. What aspects of priestly life were attractive to you? Because I, I, you know, as a young man, when I was kind of drawing closer to my faith, um, there were certain things that I was like, "Oh, that'd be kind of cool." Like, but it was, I found that it was like things like like teaching, like giving a homily or some, something like that, um, and, and other aspects that I realized, oh, you know, that's actually not specifically priestly. It wasn't so much an attraction toward celebrating mass or hearing confession or things like that. Like, what uh, what kind of grabbed your heart as like, oh, I would. This would be really cool about being a priest. I think for me, it's just being able to be with the people and shepherding the people, helping others to grow. I mean, I've needed a lot of growth in my own relationship with the Lord. And being able to lead other people into that, too, I think is a great desire of mine. Because even when I was working, I found, you know, I was doing computer science work, which is sometimes you're working with people and sometimes you're not. But the most, my favorite parts of that job were working with people and sort of helping them grow and develop in their own ways. So. That ties into priestly life through just being a good shepherd for sure for the folks. Oh, that's that's really wonderful. So tell us, we only have a minute before break, and and hopefully you don't have a lot of these <laughs> to, to list. But what were some of the challenges or struggles you had as you were you know going towards the priesthood? I'd say the hardest struggle is, I mean, through seminary formation, you sort of have a clear picture of yourself, which is a good thing. But then you start to see all the woundedness and all, mm-hmm. all the sort of sufferings or you know sins you've committed or sins committed against you mm-hmm. that you need healing in that. Yes. And there's 
such a woundedness in there that, you know, just like any physical wound, there needs to be, you sort of got to clean out the wound to let it grow and be more healed in that. And I think the same in the spiritual life or the emotional life, too. I I think that's just a good segue to a break because I think that's a really important thing to talk more about on the other side of the break. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break, but thanks so much for being with us on Real Presence Live. And please stay tuned because we all go through some woundedness and struggles in the world. And let's hear more from Father Furch and his direction on that one. We'll be right back. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet our customers' production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Live, engaging. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street in the new Diocesan Building or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And thank you for staying with us here on Real Presence Live. Brad Grant, Janine Bitson here. We're talking to Father Robert Furch. I keep wanting to say church now. Father Robert Furch. <laughs> Furch of the church. <laughs> uh, and right before we went to break, <clears throat> Father, you had mentioned how part of your seminary uh, life, the part of the challenges was just like being confronted with some of the hurt, some of the woundedness of your own sinfulness and those things uh, that have been inflicted upon you. And I just, I remember uh, my wife Lisa and I went on a couple's retreat uh, several years ago with uh, Father Scott Trainer down in South Dakota. And, you know, he made a point on the, the retreat that was so powerful. He said, every one of us is made to be loved perfectly, unconditionally, unfailingly at every moment of our lives. 
And yet none of us experience that. And so as a result, all of us have hurt of, of you know, part of who we are in our creation not being fulfilled. And then also ourselves, you know, a sense that we want to have a sense that we are, we are good, we're, we're, we're valuable and so on. And yet we, we act in ways that don't display our, our beauty, our glory, right? And so there is that reality of woundedness in every single one of us. And, and oftentimes, that's a scary place to go. We don't want to go into it because I don't, I don't like seeing all the gunk there. It's easier for me to focus either on ministry or on my, my, spirit, you know, my prayer life, with God, just conversation with God, or, or whatever he might be calling me to grow in virtue and those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes um, like going into the, those dark places is a scary thing. Uh, and so I, just, I would love to have you kind of unpack that a little bit more. Like, what do you see as the, the value in that? What, what was your experience of that? I would say the value in going into those dark, gross, hurt places, yeah. I would say, is just the fact that the Lord wants to, you know, I won't say push you through it, lead you through it, yeah. lead you sort of through that, that darkness and that pain. Because when you pass through it, you'll become a more whole, a more free mm-hmm. person. And in so many ways, it's that freedom that allows us to, you know, be docile to the Spirit, to listen to the Lord, and to do His work. So... I mean, like you said, we all have wounds, we all have, you know, fears and pains, and in so much of that, I mean, we can, like you said, we can sort of avoid it, we can sort yeah. of hide from it. And I think in a lot of ways in our modern culture, we numb it, either through, sure. you know, distractions, e- d- distractions, you know, maybe bad things, or even just sort yeah. of neutral things, yeah. like social media, it's so easy to sort of just, you know, or, 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 you know, Netflix or whatever. It's yeah. easy to binge three hours of Netflix and not examine your life and realize, oh, I have these hurts or I have these wounds or I have these pains. But in seminary, you're not, I mean, through formation, I mean, you have a spiritual director that you're seeing on a regular basis. You're meeting with a priest mentor on a regular mm. basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, those things, and you, you have access to counselors and all that too. And so those things just sort of bubble up and you're not able to run from them mm. as you would, you know, as you sometimes can in the world, or you'd simply like to sometimes. You're, you're confronted with them. And the Lord wants you to be healed in that. I mean, that's his desire so that you can be more free. And so that's a scary place. That's a hard place. That's an e- easy place to run from. Yeah. But that's exactly where the Lord wants you to pass through. And in so many ways, I mean, the, the Christian life, you know, has the cross. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the cross, we when we pass through the cross, we have the resurrection. Uh, right. That's such a... I mean, you, you can't have one without the other. If you focus too much on the resurrection and don't recognize the cross, cross yeah. in your life, you're, or, or the other way around, if you solely focus on the cross, you can you know, fall into despair and depression or hurts or things like that. But it's that, it's that both and. It's, you have both the cross and the resurrection. Yeah. Every, one whole reality, not just, not just a, a, a kind of unbalanced aspect right. right there. And every cross does have a resurrection, but we need... We need Jesus to be mm-hmm. part of carrying that cross right. with us, and, and that's what's so important. And we can't do it on our own. And we do live in a world where, you know, there's like the self, <laughs> self-made man, or, yeah. or you know, or I am the center of the universe, and the the universe evolves revolves around me. You know, and and that is something that. Our world just needs. They need to be okay with recognizing those pains that they've been mm-hmm. dealt, whether it's brought on by themselves or others. And uh, they just need to know that the one who can help heal that is our relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. He's really the only one. Yeah. 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 So 
I especially like how you mentioned the self-made man. I think for the, my first half of seminary formation, that was my mindset. It's like, I'm going to do this seminary thing. Sure. I'm going to do all these good things. And it was all just sort of me-focused. And the Lord was like, no, Robert, you need to learn your way through that. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's what I was mentioning earlier when I see a really incredible holy priest, the humility and the humbleness and the joy I mean, it's just, there's no mistaking it. it. You can see it a mile away, mm-hmm. and it's just so beautiful. And for us as lay people, it's like, wow, you know, that's that's what we desire. Yeah. That's what yeah. we need more than anything in this world um, is just uh, people really representing Jesus for who he is. Yeah. And speaking of that, I mean, it all did come to a joyful, bubbling up um, culmination of sorts, here on June 4th. Tell us a little bit about your ordination. <laughs> that was a whirlwind event. I mean, you just sort of go from thing to thing to thing in the midst of it. But yeah. for me, it was a great joy to see so many people in support. Hmm. I mean, you have friends there, you have family there, you have mentor priests who are coming up from that. I, you know, I have people from the seminary come up from St. Paul all the way up to Fargo for mm-hmm. that ordination. And just to see everyone's joy in the midst of that was just such a life-giving thing. Hmm. I know in my own you know, in, in the liturgy itself, sometimes I'll, in some ways I had a hard role and in some ways I had an easy role. Cause, easy because, you know, you just have, you know, certain things you got to say and do. Mm-hmm. But still, you're, I mean, you're taking that next step forward in into priestly life yeah. where uh, there can be fears, there can be concerns, there can be doubts in there. But through it all, the Lord is just saying, come to me, Robert. Come to me, Robert. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, so, yeah, I had the, ord- the ordination on June 4th, had a... Mass of Thanksgiving done in Winemere on June 5th, and just sometimes it's still surprising, perhaps, is the right word. Yeah. Maybe it's just sort of shocking still that, you know, there's just that recognition of, oh, I am a priest now. And yeah. it's easy to sort of forget about that or sort of <laughs> not let that fully sink in yet. I'm sure. It's like, that wasn't true a month ago. So, right. Like, there's a whole different way of life. That uh, the Lord has opened up to me now, right? Right, right, exactly, right. Yeah, which with with any vocation, I don't know about you, Brad, but it's like even when I got married to yeah. my husband John, it's just like, wow, that really happened. Like, yeah. wow, we're really, you know, right. in this together. Yeah. For and and it's just such a thank you, Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. it's just really special. Yeah, it was funny. I remember after like at our first anniversary, having this juxtaposition of two weird thoughts. One was like. I can't believe we've ever been married for a year. And the other was, I can't believe there was a time before we were married. Like, mm. like yeah. it's like, I can't believe this has gone this quickly, but it's also like, I can't believe that things were ever different, you know? And it's just, uh, it is a, it's a mystery, like that, that the way the Lord changes and transforms us into this particular vocation that he calls us to. I'm curious for you, Father, was there one, was there one thing that stood out more either in the ordination or your first Mass? Like, was there something that was especially powerful or significant or, or what was that like for you? Sometimes it's just the little things. I mean, I remember, I mean, you know, you have the master ceremonies during the ordination liturgy, you know, sort of leading you and guiding you. And there was a point in the liturgy where he would call you deacon, you know, deacon, you know, step forward or deacon turn around or yeah. whatever. And then at some point of the liturgy, he started saying father. And uh-huh. it's just like, oh, that's right. I'm a priest now. Yeah. That that happened in the middle of the liturgy. And, and just, I mean, obviously I knew it was going to happen. I sure. knew it was going to come. Yeah. But just to sort of sit, the reality, the reality of sort yeah. of sunk in yeah. where I'm now being called father and no longer being called deacon. Yeah. And there's still a lot. I mean, you know, after eight years of seminary formation, 
I still have a lot I need to learn and to sort of grow into that role of fatherhood. Yeah. Which I'm looking forward to at Anna Joke. I mean, my father, it'll be a, a good uh, mentor mentee relationship down in St. Anna Joachim and just to sort of, you know, step, I, like I said, so much more to learn to step into that priestly life mm-hmm. will be a good and exciting experience for me. It, and and we're just really excited to have you. We have two great gentlemen who are mm-hmm. moving on, and and uh, I'm not going to lie, we were really sad when we heard we were losing Father Paul Dukeshire. We right. just he's John and I will be driving home every Sunday. He uh, gives a homily. We're like, man, he hit it out of the park again. Man, that was home run again, mm-hmm. you know. And and so, so I know that you have big shoes to fill down there, <laughs> you and Father Luke. But uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be fantastic, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, God knows what everybody needs at the right time, and and um, and so welcome. Thank you. I'm looking forward to the experience. It'll be a, a good community to be a part of. Yeah, it's fantastic. And just to learn from all the good people down at Saint Anna Joachim, that'll be a good thing. Mm-hmm. So for you, Father. Um, what what counsel would you give to a young man who's open to the idea of God calling him this direction, or even you know maybe God possibly might be? You know what 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 would you say to a young man considering this? I would say grow in your relationship with the Lord, sort of grow in that relationship of discipleship. Just to sort of sometimes men can get sort of fixated on you know am I to be a priest? Am I to be married? Mm-hmm. And that sort of becomes a distraction of the life mm. where it's not. Am I supposed to be a priest? Am I supposed to be married? It's, I'm called to follow the Lord. And once I sort of, I need to grow in that relationship. And I'm, it took me a long time in seminary to grow in that relationship mm. in my own life. So my piece of advice would be just grow in that relationship of discipleship with the Lord. You know, feel free to dive into seminary. I mean, it's, the Lord will not lead you astray in seminary. Yeah. He will not lead you into, you know, you will not be led away from God in seminary. You'll be led closer to God. So, I mean, don't, be afraid of taking that step. I know in my own life, you know, I, I walked away from a, a comfortable job and mm-hmm. and sort of a lot of security. But the Lord will say, Robert, I have, I can give you so much more than you think you can give yourself. Yeah. You know, period, full stop. So, I mean, just to step into that trust of the Lord. I mean, you can enter into seminary and, you know, the Lord knows where that's going to lead you. I don't know where that's going to lead you. You right. don't know where that's going to lead you, but the Lord knows where that's going to lead you, and it will lead you to a better place. You know, so I, so enter seminary if you're if you're thinking about it. That's that's my simple advice there. I love it. Yeah, and and, and if it ends up that seminary isn't for you, I know that uh, there's a lot of wonderful husbands out there <laughs> yeah. that uh, went to seminary right. and uh, are leading a great holy life. Yes. Well, Father Furch, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for responding to God's call and for being our spiritual father. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after this.